is Jennifer at No Label Brewery, and you're listening to Drink of Ages Radio Show with John Denman. Come out to No Label seven days a week and join us for some badass beers on tap. Don't forget to visit our website at nolabelbrew.com for all events happening at our brewery. Hope to see you soon. I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, John Denman. John Denman. This is Drink of Ages Radio Show. I am your host, John Didman, DJ Muscratch, the producer. And we are sitting around downtown over at Finn Hall for this week's show. Kick-ass little place over 712 Main Street. Uh, it's a big food hall. Big food hall. Lots of restaurants. Uh, lots of different, different concepts in here. Two bars. Lots of cocktails. Lots of beers. And, you know, drinking some delicious Eureka Heights palate fatigue. Good way to start the show this week. And which is happens to be our guest, Casey Moose from Eureka Heights. Hey, John. How's it going? Oh, man. It's, it's, as this tulip glass gets lower, <laughs> it's getting better and better. So uh, as a muskrat got, got excited on the first one, he's, he's like outpacing me. And it's usually the other way around. <laughs> Yeah, You're the responsible one today. I'm, I'll be the responsible one today. Uh, what was it? Was it last? What was last week? What did we do? Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. It, that was Megaton. So never mind. <laughs> it was not the week that I was thinking of. Uh, but no, we're here hanging out. Uh, Eureka Heights has a beer dinner going on here shortly. That we're going to eat a bunch of food, drink a lot of beer, and it's it's really kind of cool because you know each concept will do a course. And then pair it with Yurga uh, Heights beer. So, looking forward to that. And if you've never been over to Fen Hall, then you need to come check this place out. Uh, a lot, like I said, you can definitely find something to eat, something for everyone. From I mean, it's, we'll go down the list later of all the different things. But because I don't know, I've, I've tried about four different places here, and every one of them has been good. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. He's like, I don't fancy. Uh, mall cafeterias or whatever. I think my first one I went to was conservatory and it was pretty neat. I hadn't been anything like that before uh, that had what I think six different vendors. There's 10 here. There's seafood. I've had a po' boy. I've had really killer Korean food. Uh, there's a burger place is great. Uh, it's really cool to see that and, and you see a bunch of big groups come in because someone wants a salad. Someone wants some shrimp. Someone wants like you can actually go do what, get what you want instead of trying to find one place that 40 people can agree on. Yeah, it's like I said, it's like a big food court at the mall, but just much nicer. Yeah. You don't have to choose between Auntie Chang's and... <laughs> yeah, and no cookie cake, though. That's the one That downfall. is a disappointment, so, uh, yeah. but there's some dessert down there. There, yeah. there are some places with some good desserts. <laughs> um, a coffee. I just had, yeah. yeah, I had a Cortado from Amaya downstairs, and... Not Good, quite ready for the beer. About to hop on the beer. Got to give the dinner in a little while. So, well, I mean, it, it's uh, with a two and a half year old. You know, it's probably more coffee than beer these days. Yeah, I it's would a good, a good a mix. Depends on the day. You need both. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you wake up, you need yeah. a beer. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes in the evening you need coffee. Yeah. It just uh, sometimes you just need coffee all yeah. day long. Yeah, I remember those days, sort of. 
Sorry, yeah, I remember a while ago for you, huh? Well, and yes, yeah, yeah, it has. Man, my kids are they're just I'm, I'm almost done with them. I think at this point, <laughs> like, how old are you? Wait a minute, you have driver's license? What are you still doing here? Uh, but mine were only 13 months apart, so by the time the second one was born, I, sleep was didn't even matter. I didn't even know what that meant. So I just stayed up way too long, days at a time without sleeping, and. Uh, and then all of a sudden, when they're like the memories come back when they're like three or four years old, yeah, it's like, oh, man, all right, they started sleeping, so I started sleeping. There were days I remember because uh, I'd push like the furniture over in front of like the doors in the living room and just, like block them in, just to block them in, and I would just kind of, yeah, because there was nothing dangerous, they yeah. just like stand up, <laughs> fall down, whatever, and then just sitting there, and I'd just like, oh, all right. We're going to watch some Wiggles, and, <laughs> and I'm going to get my 15-minute nap in. <laughs> it worked. It worked. But, yeah, no, kids are fun, man. Uh, two and a half years old, they're doing a yeah. lot. Yeah. I mean, they have definitely have personalities. They're running around. Yeah, that's been fun to see. I mean, yeah, it's that little little person in there, sometimes a little bit of a jerk, sometimes super fun. <laughs> Like told a joke for one like a couple maybe weeks ago for the first time didn't make any sense no but just like she knew it was gonna be funny and knew that it wasn't true yeah so that balance between joking and lying you realize oh that's really very very close trying to come up with a good funny one there yeah <laughs> I know it's neat to see that for sure mm-hmm yeah and with um. Man, I didn't have a brewery back then that I was responsible for. Yeah. So. Yeah. What's well fun? We went grocery shopping last week with my kid, two and a half, and going through the, uh, the produce aisle, and she saw she un, like sees the Eureka Heights cans and goes, "Daddy's beer." So it is like three in the afternoon. I'm pushing a cart around <laughs> the produce aisle. We happen to have some beer at the end of it at an HEB, and she just starts yelling, "Daddy beer, Daddy beer!" I'm like, "Oh man, I don't know how I feel about that either." Yeah. I mean, yes, you're right. <laughs> Right, but this is not a good look right yeah, now. Yeah, like, don't be yelling. Like, I'm with a child, like, just grocery shopping, mid-afternoon, low-key day, and just yelling. Like, I'm not currently drinking in a grocery store, although there are some grocery stores you can do that. But, uh, yeah, I make it. Yeah, I know. It's like, really, it, is, it really legitimately is my yeah. beer. <laughs> and I think I'll have one. Don't yeah, judge yeah. me. <laughs> That's just quality control, though. Exactly. You know, you, you have to do that. Though the way things are done these days, yeah, you definitely need quality control. <laughs> uh, but now, uh, speaking of grocery stores, yeah, I mean, Eureka Heights beer is all over the place. It's been good. Yeah, we started, so we're two and a half years old, started canning last September. Um, had two brands go out, and it's been kind of neat to see that. It's a whole different animal understanding the grocery store process and uh, we've learned that these large businesses plan well. So that's a new concept for us when six months ahead of time, they have a lot of, a lot of spreadsheets you fill out and all this kind of uh, planning that goes into it. And you understand when it's Kroger, H-E-B, these giant stores and they're trying to be organized. And we were just startup mentality our first two years. We're just like, I don't know, what do you guys want to do next week sort of thing. And uh, it took a little adjustment. But we're, uh, it's been about six months and we've kind of starting to figure out that rhythm routine we had another brand launch in the spring we're doing a seasonal rotating can um, and trying to figure out if they want to do anything in the fall so it's it's pretty cool to see that grow um, grocery stores it's a completely different market um, it was interesting you kind of see people going out to bars and restaurants and draft accounts but 
so many people don't get a chance to do that as much. Um, and in different areas of the city, you see different demographics. And it's been really cool to see that grow and um, just kind of see that develop. Yeah, I would imagine uh, like, like a beer, like mostly harmless. Uh, and yeah. It's delicious, easy drinking. You know, it's great beer just all around just for whatever you're doing that... Yeah, you, you might go to a bar and be like, ah, you know, I want something a little bigger than that. Yeah. But then when you walk by a grocery store, you're like, ah, oh, give me a, get a six-pack of that. It's interesting. It's different. And you see, like, one store. So when we had two brands, we would always look at a comparison. We launched with Buckle Bunny, which is our cream ale, 4.5%, super easy drinking, or, like, working in your garage, mowing your lawn beer, and a double dry hopped IPA called Mini Boss. So very fruity, very tropical, got some good grapefruit bitterness. So I'd say two ends of the spectrum. Uh, and some stores would be two to one Buckle Bunny. Some would be two to one Mini Boss. And those stores might be three blocks apart and it was really interesting to see like well how like we're kind of learning how to understand what that is and uh well i can tell you this uh, you know some of the stuff i do with spindle tap we're in the austin market and if you do anything if you go to the grocery stores during the day they're buying the easier drinking beers at at night, because you know the the you know, most of the good beer, the people that drink the IPAs and stuff like that, they're yeah. not doing their shopping at that time. Yeah. So you know you got a lot of people huh. walking by, and they were drinking all the lighter, easier beers. Then in the later the evening, late afternoon, then there you know the people are like, oh yeah, let me try that IPA. Yeah. Let's try something a little stronger. Huh. I didn't even thought about that. I mean, we kind of see that with draft beers, and we say bars that are a big patios. We've definitely seen lean towards the lighter beers where some different ones, some when they're more indoors, maybe more intimate, when you do see some of the higher alcohol or bigger IPAs. And um, I guess that kind of makes sense. That's sort of how that translates to the grocery stores. Uh, yeah, and then <clears throat> ben, like, take Ben Hall, for instance. Uh, this is a killer lunch spot. Just yeah. absolutely just kills it over here because, you know, right downtown. Mm -hmm. And you can walk over, like I said, you have 10 different concepts, restaurants to choose from when you walk in. And... Your beer here, your light beer, just absolutely just, I mean, you go through kegs and kegs and yeah. kegs of that here. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a beer at lunch, if you're able to do that, then, I mean, it probably really does need to be low alcohol. And some of those lighter beers like Buckle Bunny or Cream Ale, it pairs great with a lot of different foods, say like barbecue burgers and a few different things like that. So, I mean, there might be a little bit of that that goes with it too, where a double IPA or an Imperial Stout, you might not want to have that for lunch anyway, but also might... <laughs> limit what you're going to have to eat with that if you're in here you're probably eating during lunch you're probably not just hanging out and yeah no pints all day maybe some people are but if i'm coming here i'm definitely eating i you know you go to whole foods <laughs> at noon and there's people sitting at the bar just <laughs> throwing down pints double ipas it's it's an interesting crowd <laughs> and then you know the, with that it's kind of even more interesting because you know the one on posto great brewery yeah. making beer there they got a lot of other beers on tap really good stuff and so it's like, you know, you walk over, you grab a pint, you can go grocery shopping, do yeah. all your fun stuff. <laughs> but then you go to the one over on Montrose and you just kind of walk in and people are just hanging out at the bar, yeah. drinking beer. <laughs> and it's like, well, all right. I mean, I guess. It's like, Living your best life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, honey, I'm going grocery shopping for you. I'll I, be back in three hours. I mean, I definitely see that with some of the stores. I mean, it, yeah. Like, I got to run some errands. No, I got this one. You take care of you. Uh, like, I'm going to take the bullet for the team. And. 
swing by and yeah especially if you can walk around with it then you don't have that like 15 minute extra i don't know store uh, lines were long i don't know just busy just busy yeah but you brought home wing stop yeah. <laughs> explain this that's a telltale sign yeah like, sorry baby <laughs> it happens i was uh grab a beer real quick uh hanging out here at finn hall downtown houston on main street with casey Moses from eureka heights this is drink of ages we'll be right back Brewfest is happening again next month, April 26th and 27th. And this is the number one beer fest in North America, three years running. And if you if you haven't been out there, then you need to come find out why. They have an amazing selection of beer, entertainment, and just a lot of fun stuff happening. Cool thing this year is there's going to be a wine grotto. So, you know, if you want to drink some wine, you can do that. The launch party, which happens on April 26th, if you can make it out there, get a hotel. You can stay right there where the festival is happening. Spend the night. Go to the launch party, then go enjoy all the fun on Saturday, the big beer fest. And then there's an after party with Bart Crow playing. The high octane zone is, man, nothing but good high ABV beers, and there's so much more going on. 100% of net profits from this festival are given away to local charities, and so far, over $700,000 have been donated. So check out Wild West Brew Fest and, uh, man, look them up online and get your tickets. Our friends out in Katy, Texas, over at No Label Brewing, have a new beer out for you to try. It is Passion for Humanity. This is a Berliner Weiss with passion fruit, 3.6% ABV. So this is one that you can sit back and drink on all day long. Known as real champagne of beers, this Weed Ale features a deliciously tart and fruity flavor with an effervescent and crisp palate and a cracker sweet finish. The addition of the passion fruit mimics the old tradition of adding fruit syrup to a serve pint, giving the pleasantly juicy aroma and taste of a perfect complement to base style. Dangerously drinkable, go get you a six-pack or find it on tap. Passion for Humanity from No Label Brew. We're back to this drink of ages here on ESPN 97.5. We're over here at Finn Hall. Badass little food hall. Opened up here off of Main Street, right on the rail. And, man, it's just uh, – and our guest this week, Casey Moses from Eureka Heights. But uh, this whole Main Street is just – just every time I come here, there's something new. Yeah, it's nuts. I worked at the Flying Saucer about 10 years ago, and that was one of the three beer bars in Houston, I think. Uh, it was like Ginger Man, uh, Petrol Station, and then Flying Saucer, and there was not a ton of options. You didn't go out a ton of other places around here. You had to walk quite a bit to get there, 
And now there's all these amazing bars up on Main Street, like Pastry War, which is... Pastry I mean, War is great. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know I liked Mezcal until I went there on a happy hour. It was kind of like got a chat with a bartender and really learned about it. And uh, just pretty neat to see that. And if it wasn't where it was at on Main Street and I was wandering by, I probably never would have stopped in. So. Yeah, Pastry War... Uh, Went over there and just sampled a bunch. We did a show over there with everybody, and it was just, try this mezcal. Try this. This mezcal comes from this region. You're going to get these flavors because of this and so yeah. forth, and the smokiness is from this. It's like, I, I didn't know I liked them that much either, but I liked a lot of them that day. And then <laughs> yeah. their, uh, their margaritas are good. Yeah, they're pretty killer. Yeah. So. But then there's the variety of stuff going on downtown now, and it, it's neat to see how it's grown a lot. Remember, I moved to Houston about 11 years ago, and uh, maybe my first weekend here, I was living in Midtown, not too far away, an apartment, and I'd maybe driven by a restaurant I saw, and I was like, oh, my girlfriend was coming into town. She, my wife now is still living in Dallas and came to visit. Like, man, this place looked great, and tried to call to find a restaurant to go eat downtown, and like, no one was open for dinner. It was like some steakhouses, a few others. I think it was a sushi place that like, just did lunch. And now, I mean, there's a ton of options. I mean, Finn Hall being where there's basically 10 different restaurants in here, amount of places. And it's really cool to see that grow and that big push. And where downtown's fun to hang out. There's stuff to do for families. You can go drink whiskey and sherry and all this other stuff. And not really worry too much about getting stabbed like yeah, you used true, to. True. Uh, is, yeah, uh, good lighting. And then yes. uh, between the rails and then Uber and stuff now, I mean, it's, it's definitely uh, felt like it's come a long, long way. I can't imagine a place like Finn Hall existing even maybe five years ago. Yeah, that's little. true. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's changed. Like I said, there's so many. There's, there's a lot of great bars. And, and it took a long time. But you go to any other city, you can just kind of go to this district and yeah. walk around and bounce around. You know, and go to Washington was kind of like that for a short period of time. But not quite the crowd that I like to hang out with <laughs> over there. Midtown. Uh yeah, it was fun back in the day. You had a little yeah. Woodrose and a few other places over there that was good to bounce over to. Some turtle races. Turtle races, <laughs> yep. And, yeah, I haven't been over to Midtown Bar on a Friday or Saturday night in a <laughs> I don't know how long. Yeah, my bedtime's usually around 9, 9.30, so that might be part of it. Yeah, usually <laughs> I guess if I'm out on a Friday or Saturday night, I'm at a venue watching a concert or I'm at Drink of Ages <laughs> so yeah. if I'm actually out. Uh, yeah, man, it, no, it's a it's a good spot. It's a cool place. A lot of good restaurants. Uh, oh, what's the over by Discovery Green? The Mayan, the Sashi Mayan restaurant or something to open up over there. That's a, that's on my list of next places I'm going to go oh, check yeah. out. Zochi? I'm Zochi? probably saying. I know it starts with an X. I'm saying, there's X's, yeah. O's, yeah, C's, it's H's. Place, I believe. Yeah, it's supposed to be just absolutely killer. I haven't been there. Yet. I have not been there yet. I'm going to go try that place up. I need to remember that and go over there next week. Yeah. Uh, Discovery Green, cool yeah. spot. Getting on the concert season over there where they'll have a lot of bands playing. Yeah. So that's, that's always a good time. And, of course, you know, you got the Rockets, Toyota Center. Uh, everything opening, going. Opening day of Minute Maid. This opening day of Minute yeah. Maid. Coming up. Yeah, that's going to be big. Yeah, people are still excited. Yeah, so got that World Series fever even after a, a year. Well, you know, it was like last year with the Astros, you still, in the beginning, it's like no matter if they're still down, 
just like, oh, they'll come back and win. And then all of a sudden, they just weren't coming back and winning those games. <laughs> it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> so we'll see what happens this season. Yeah. Uh, with you guys uh, over at Yurga Heights. Oh, actually, I something else I need to tell you is the building looks great. Oh, yeah. Yes, got a nice paint job. Yeah, the brewery, uh, we moved into this dingy old warehouse, 70 years old. Don't think it had ever been painted since it was uh, open, and we were able to finally do a little refresher on the outside. What a fresh coat of paint, some new garage doors, and a little bit goes a long way towards uh, making it look a little more like it belongs where it's at. And it, it, when I came up there, we were just finishing up, and I was talking to Rob, and I was like, holy crap, looks great. You know, yeah. the, the window garage doors let some light in, you know, the whole thing. and Yeah, it's neat. I mean, the brewery, the taproom experience is important. When people come out, they get a chat with our bartenders. Maybe some of our brewers are hanging out. They get to learn more about the product. It's this connection thing. So we're trying to figure out how can we improve that. And, yeah, uh, fresh coat of paint, one of the easier ways to go about doing that. It definitely changes things pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, like my my house, inside of my house. Uh, we've lived there 15 years. I don't know how old are my kids. Uh, <laughs> lived there a long time, and I painted the inside of my house six times <laughs> yeah. in that time. Just because I was sit there, I'm like looking at a wall, and it's like, you know what would look good? Yeah. Green. <laughs> and it's like a year later, it's like, you know what would look good? Tan. Yeah, and yeah. so it just... But just a fresh coat of paint can make way it. less expensive than in like three new couches. Oh man, yes, way. And the the, the animals don't tear up the, the the walls like they do the couch. <laughs> so we are only down to one chicken though, Muskratch. Yep, walked outside and well, we had four. Okay, one was eaten by a possum. One made in the neighbor's back dog and was dinner for his dog, <clears throat> and uh, in his backyard. Then um, this one. I don't know. It was just a stiff chicken on the back porch. Yeah. Just like, all right, I picked it up. Yeah, it was like, couldn't have been dead for very long, but it was stiff as a board. I'm like looking at it. It's like, there's nothing physically look like wrong with it. So they're old. They're like nine years old at this point. I think that's a long time in chicken years. I have years. no idea. Uh, chicken years? What is it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, but they, there's only one left. So... It won't be long to where you know I don't have to pressure wash my back porch off every week. Yeah, not you know, it's gonna be sad when they're all gone. Yeah. But I'm kind of looking forward to that time that I don't have to pressure wash my porch off every week. But now that the brewery with the the new colors and new garage doors, man, it does look really nice. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Good job out there. Uh, it is a good experience when you go to Eureka Heights. You have a lot of really good friendly bartenders that do know what they're talking about, yeah. and. When you go in, uh, you know, if you've never been there, they you guys are 18th Street yep, and Shepherd, yep. right over there in that area between Shepherd and T.C. Jester. Um, if you've never been over there, you need to go check them out. Uh, you can get, grab beer at 10 a.m. on a Saturday. 10 a.m. on Saturday. Yes. Not our busiest hour. Uh, but no, we actually, it's we opened up once. We did a coffee beer called Trucker's Choice last year. and. We were like, you know what would be fun if we open up, do Saturday morning cartoons. We got some donuts out there, coffee mugs, open at 10 a.m., almost as a joke. And we had a great turnout. It was a fun party. People hanging out, drinking coffee, beer, eating donuts. Uh, and so our team were like, hey, how about we do this every week? Like, they're there setting up. They're there kind of doing some other stuff. And 
because of our neighborhood where we're at over in the Heights, we get a ton of families that come in. And if you're a parent, you got some little kids and you're probably up at 6 a.m., 7 a.m. And sometimes they'll come over and just kind of hang out. Maybe they grab a beer. Maybe they just kind of uh, play some get out of the house. And yeah, yeah, just kind of walk over, bring their stroller. I mean, it's a different experience. Um, but yeah, it's kind of fun. Uh, Sunday open at noon when we're legally allowed to serve some beer. But uh, yeah, Saturday is a little early. Yeah, it's um, but you know the, the thing about it is that there's we live in Houston, which is a 24-hour city, so you have a lot of people working night shift, and we have we have guys that show up. We open it Friday at noon at the pub, and they're there at noon yeah. because they got off of work at 10 and they're just waiting just to go somewhere to hang out and have a couple pints. Yeah, I a uh, long time ago I brewed at St. Arnold Brewery, and it was shift work, and it was 4 a.m. shift. You're off at noon and be a little weird sometimes going to just at your happy hour when people are just trying to have lunch but uh it's the time i had i was in bed at six or seven every day so if you're gonna have a couple beers it's gonna be when it is the overnight shift was a little a little more weird i guess because you get off at 4 a.m and uh hang out maybe have a beer at the brewery head home get there about 5 five thirty. my wife's getting up getting ready for work brushing her teeth i'm cracking a beer open uh, we were in very, very different points. She's got the coffee. I got the beer. Yes. We were just ones on an up trajectory, ones on a down. Yeah, I did that for a while. And overall, I'd, I worked till midnight, but then there'd be we get so busy that sometimes I stay later, it's four or five o'clock in the morning. Then it's like, all right, Ice House opens at seven. <laughs> <laughs> just and you know, people drive by and they're like, oh, look at those. There's seven a.m. They're in there drinking. I was like, yeah, I've been up for like the last sixteen hours. Yeah, I got a lot less judgy doing that because I remember like you'd be at the gas station on the way to work and some guy walks out with a tall boy or two. You're like. What is going on? But at least I hope they just got off a long day at work and <laughs> headed home. Uh, I've d- done that sitting on my porch, yeah, watching the sun come up, have a beer. Yeah, yeah, those are different experiences. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is, yeah, yeah. There are times that we'd get off of work and just drive down to Galveston <laughs> and just be sitting on the seawall, you know, just with a pint or <laughs> six pack of beer and just, yep, hanging out, <laughs> watch sunrise, <laughs> looking like degenerates, looking like degenerates, <laughs> like we've been there all night long. Some nights we were there all night long. But <laughs> See, there's that too, <laughs> and that's that. yeah. So, and I generally dress the same, so you don't know if I have the same clothes on from the night before, but. Let's uh, take another quick break, and we get back. We'll man, we'll talk more beer, more stuff with Casey Moses from Eureka Heights. This is Drink of Ages. Two beers that's out there is going to be Spindle Tap Brewery's Hot Gusher IPA. This six and a half percent West Coast style IPA is very bright, citrusy, still very hot for a beer, but finishes super clean. And not only that, you can find it in six pack stores all over the place. And 
You can get some at your favorite bars, light drink of ages. Come in and grab a pint. So if you haven't had it in a while, go ahead and grab another six-pack of Hop Gusher IPA from Spindle Tap and give it a try. The 10th annual H-Town Chili Throwdown is happening March 9th over at Onion Creek Cafe there in the Heights. It's a badass event, man. You definitely don't want to miss it. What it does is you get a bunch of restaurants, breweries, and distilleries all trying to make the best chili they possibly can. And you get to walk around and sample it and drink a lot of great beers. So March 9th over at Onion Creek Cafe. Go join them, man. 10th annual H-Town Chili Throwdown. Alright, we're back over here at Fen Hall. This is Drink of Ages Radio Show in uh, Casey Most from Eureka Heights. We're hanging out, drinking some good pints. Uh, still drinking that palate fatigue. <laughs> yeah, it's on, it's your second. So. Yes, I know. It, it, it's a pace of myself because I know there's going to be a lot more later as the night goes on. Yeah, and we got and, food coming too. So yeah, yeah, so just trying to trying to make sure that. Yeah, we finished the show. There's been there's been a couple <laughs> that I might have dozed off and just like just finish. Just are those finish. short shows or really long shows? Is it one of <laughs> That's when there's a lot of music played. <laughs> Most guys are like you know what I'm gonna play the whole album. <laughs> and, but now this is this is really good. Um, uh, oh, actually, um, I am respond. I I do sell a lot of your beer, by the way. Oh, that's good. I don't know if you know this, but I do know that. Yeah. <laughs> I can pretend like I don't. Is that helpful? I, I do. So, Wait, what? Well, I was at uh, I was at the new H E B on Shepherd, the mm-hmm. one in the Heights, and a guy yeah you know, walked by and he was staring at business time. Yeah, okay. a little four packs, yeah. sixteen ounce cans. You guys had out, and I was like, man, that's a good beer. He's like, is it a good beer? And I was like, no, it's a really good beer. He goes, okay, you talked me into it, and he <laughs> took a four pack with him. There you go. I just you a fiver right now. That's yeah, how that works. Yeah, just so commissions. You know, just keep me in mind. <laughs> And you look like a guy who knows a lot about beer. I mean, the beard <laughs> definitely uh, has an air of confidence. Yeah. yeah you don't have much of an indoor voice, so that's helpful. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah, I do have people who ask me a lot when I'm standing around looking at beers. You know, just walk to a beer aisle because yeah. there's always new cans. They're new cans. They're flashy. You just look at them. I'm a big label guy. You know, I like yeah. to look at the artwork and uh, different stuff. So sitting there staring at things and people always like come up kind of stand beside me a little bit and they're looking too and they're like hmm and i'm like looking for a good beer let me tell you what's a good beer <laughs> yeah not as bad as you know, i'm not trying to because there are those people okay let me just backtrack a little bit because that sounded bad because uh, but i do point out a lot of the local breweries more than anybody else <clears throat> but at this point in time I mean, aren't you getting as good local beer as anybody's making anywhere else? I think so. I mean, you've seen just the growth of craft beer everywhere, but the quality has kind of been the one thing you had a question about when so many breweries are opening, how are they going to be making good beer? And you see people out the gate now, like week one, their beers are good. And I, I think five years ago was more of a challenge. I don't know if that's just... Uh, there's a lot more educational opportunities. There's people who maybe worked in the industry at other breweries who like, like I did and left. So I was able to get experience somewhere else and, and learn from people way smarter, way more experienced than me. 
Uh, you've seen that. There's so many educational opportunities, even online classes that Oregon State has. And people have gone through these programs. And so you're seeing people hit the ground running. True Anomaly just opened up in East Downtown. And, and they're bright guys, engineers. But uh, their brewer, Tom, went through a brewing program and kind of got some guts sort of like learning about how to manage yeast and how to manage some of that and a couple years ago those options were way more limited there was two schools one in california one in chicago and if you're not willing or able to take six months nine months to go through that program it's a challenge and he could go do a a shorter program and actually spend a couple weeks with us kind of i guess getting hours almost as an intern and kind of spent some time helped me mill in and, (laughs) and move some grain around and all this and I could tell like he was focused, paying attention, and people are doing that. They're getting some knowledge before they go open, and I think that's made the quality just go go up tremendously. And that, I would, absolutely, I 100% agree with you because there is so much more available now than there ever was. Yeah. Uh, and so much, I mean, with the other breweries to go to, to ask for advice and to get help, uh, like uh, breweries come to you guys to get help. You know, for- yeah, it's a very collaborative community, and it's fun to see. And I think people want to support local or Texas or if it's in their community, they have an attachment to it, just like you would a restaurant. But if the quality is not there, then they're not going to show up like they want to support the local burger place. If the burgers aren't that great, they'll go down the street to somewhere that is that may not be based local. But if the quality is there and everything else is equal and people are generally drawn towards. And I think that's, that's one of the things that new breweries know about is that. There's a whole group of people that know what a good beer is now. Yeah, that's and true, too. That if they're not making a good beer, they're going to let everybody else know they're not making a good beer, and they're not going to last very long. Yeah, it's, it's, and social media has become such a part of just our, I mean, again, I mean, five years ago, it was a little different, and now it's, everyone's used to it ingrained, and they want to share experiences, positive and negative, unfortunately, but they want to talk about and get excited about with their friends and go through those shared experiences, and and breweries are all about community, hanging out, getting beers together. So kind of one of those activities that kind of naturally ingrains with wanting to share and talk about it. Yeah, social media, as great as it is, it's also horrible uh, for a lot of reasons. But, yeah, it gives, you know, the, the problem that I have with it is the there are still the people that will just sit there and bash a beer and they go, but I don't like IPAs. Yeah. It's like, well, then why are you drinking an IPA? Why'd you order one? Why, 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 why do I care what your opinion is on a beer that you don't like? <laughs> That's always yeah, a challenge, too. We take, learn to take certain things with a grain of salt, and we make a lot of beers. We have five year-round beers. They're all different styles. We'll do about another 15 limited release or one-off stuff throughout the year, and not everyone's going to like every one of those. And there are even some of our staff members might – not really be into a porter but they really like an esb and you see these different opinions and different like palettes so that's why we do different beers and so it doesn't bug me like i as long as we're happy with it uh i think i remember this is a beer i did at st arnold it was a rye ipa part of the icon series and i remember it was i think maybe my first big release i was so excited i was really happy with it had these cool spicy rye flavors there was a bunch of mosaic hops it was fruity and tropical and all these cool flavors. And I remember like the first review a buddy saw online and sent me that said, I don't like rye. I don't like IPAs. I didn't like this. I'm like, well, it's literally called a rye IPA. Like, <laughs> Why would you order that? <laughs> also that. Like, 
I don't know. I don't like sea fish in this, or I don't like seafood. The salmon wasn't that great. Like, well, come on, man. Of like, course. go get a steak. Yeah, but that, that's, but that seems to be kind of not. Fortunately, it's not the majority that do that, but that, that happens all the time. Yeah, and that's any any product, if you're a bar, as a restaurant, everybody deals with that. But for the most part, I mean, beer community is so positive. It is yeah, about sharing, getting together, trying new beers, seeing what's out there. Uh, going to a new brewery release to go share at a buddy's birthday party or going down to the Flying Saucer, seeing what's new on their board and, and getting together and trying stuff. So, over, yeah, it's it's way more positive than I would have ever imagined. One of the, one of the you yeah, know, talking about like reviews and stuff, I was going through Drink of Ages reviews, you know, because proud to say that we are the highest rated beer bar in the Montrose area. <laughs> so, yes, uh, it might be the only one, but hey, we're the highest rated one. Does that mean you're the lowest, too? Yeah, maybe house? the lowest. Yeah. Uh, depends on your standards. <laughs> uh, so, but I'm going through, and it was like great beer selection, good atmosphere, macaroni and cheese was not that good. Three stars. Yeah. It's like, macro. we don't have macaroni and cheese. Yeah, <laughs> Where did that come from? And if you did, it's probably not that good, apparently. It's, I can make some good macaroni and cheese, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I put the extra slices of Velveeta in there. Ooh. Yeah, cream it up some. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I don't know where. It, it wasn't warranted. And I, I, I sent a message like, macaroni and cheese? What are you talking about? You have that hot was, dogs. Yeah, that's yeah, your that's nickname, though, right? Mac, mac and cheese. cheese. Yeah, mac and cheese. Mac and cheese wasn't that good. I'm like, oh, man, but I tried. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's fun though. But yeah, like you say, you gotta take the good with the bad. But it's ultimately, if you're happy with the product that you're putting out, and because yeah. you know what you're doing, yeah, you know I mean, you know, and and so same with new breweries, if they taste this, they're, whatever they're making a pale L, and they go, you know what, this is a delicious pale L. Is it as good as this one? You know, I mean, there's yeah. standards now that you can test. Yeah. You can That's go true to. too. Yeah, there's a. With the amount of breweries, you used to maybe this was the one brewery that makes a Pilsner. Now there's a bunch. Or this is the one, especially you look at like IPAs. And I mean, we have two year-round IPAs and could probably have and, and do probably four or five limited release ones throughout the year. And so there's a lot of different ones out there. And they have different profiles, but there's enough local options to try to compare against and see. And trying to find something that's maybe even a little different can be a challenge because you're trying to get different flavors. You don't obviously want to make a beer that tastes like your neighbors i mean that's just not giving a good range of product so uh trying to find that can be a challenge as well just trying to make that's got to be a challenge yeah yeah just trying to come up with something that's going to be a little bit different than the other 100 ipas that are out there yeah and we'll see how it develops and that's why you've seen people get really creative you've seen a lot of fruited beers and but lucky charms beer yeah and a few other. yeah <laughs> Things like that. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, there, there's, I guess, I don't know what you call them, but people will just bash that stuff. You yeah. know, the creativity side of the, the brewing. But it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind it at all. Because that, whatever's going on right now with all the different adjuncts and uh, <laughs> everything else with, with beers and different styles and the crossing of lines of styles yeah. and where it's like, this is this is a stout. It's like, but it's it's light and it doesn't taste like a stout you yeah how is it a stout you know all these different things but that's just going to lead to more creative things down the line yeah it's been fun i mean and part of that too so we did a glitter beer about a year ago so a beer with edible glitter in it um kind of something we had played with a little bit couldn't quite get it right ended up doing it for the astros uh opening day last year year after they won the world series super exciting 
I mean, and it was one of those, like, it's just so dumb. And we got people loved it. Some people hated it. I agree. Like, it was pretty goofy and out there. But seeing how happy people got when you see this shiny thing spinning around in a glass, like, obviously, it's not something we want to do all the time. But it was really fun to see just how excited people got and excited about beer for whatever reason, whether that's because it's got a unique flavor, a goofy name. Edible glitter in it for whatever yeah. reason. Uh, it was really cool just seeing how excited people get about that. And again, it's beer. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be lighthearted and kind of goofy. Yes. Yeah. I think people forget that. Yeah. Is <laughs> a problem right now. <laughs> all, these, all these warriors out there for craft beer. It's like, oh, just calm down and just let's enjoy beer for a little while. Yeah. We've got a pretty killer cream ale. We've also got an ESB if you want. Like, so having variety. If we were making nine glitter beers, it might be an issue though. That would be fun, though. Be fun to name them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about these names during the break. Uh, <laughs> this is Drink of Ages. Uh, we'll be right back. If you guys need anything like some shirts, some merch, some stickers, uh, from koozies to any of that stuff, whether you're a brewery, a distillery, or yeah, you just have a business you want to get started and get your brand out there, man, you need to talk to my buddy Rodney Campbell over at Cask Branding. He can take care of you with your glassware. Your, I mean, like I said, he makes all of our shirts here at Drink of Ages. He does a lot of stuff for a lot of people around Houston. So reach out for caskbranding.com, Rodney Campbell, and tell him that you heard on Drink of Ages, and, man, he'll take care of you. And it is that time of year, and if you're looking for somebody to take care of your taxes, uh, especially your business taxes, and you need to talk to my friend Sam Sabawi. He not only takes care of payroll, your bookkeeping, but he will file all your business taxes. And if you ever get in trouble, that guy's going to be there in court with you to take care of any issues you have. Sam Sabawi, man, you need to check him out at samsabawi.com. He has locations in Houston, Pearland, and California. You just happen to be out there. But look up samsabawi.com and have him take care of your tax situation. This is Drink of Ages, ESP at 97.5. Hope everybody's having a great night, drinking the good beers. And, man, we're hanging out with Casey Bose from Eureka Heights and over here at Finn Hall. Finn Hall, if you're just now tuning in, is a pretty kick-ass spot with a lot of really good foods, a lot of different concept restaurants inside. Two bars, one upstairs, one downstairs. And, man, just a really good good place to come check out. Uh, open for lunch, do a killer lunch. But one thing, Casey, that they told me when they first opened up is they're going to do delivery service once they get 
squared away. Like I saw a bunch of like uh, little like boxes downstairs. I don't. I guess they're doing it now. I'm not sure. Wow. Yeah. It's just it's just nutty, man. It's just nutty. I guess delivered to some of the offices downtown. I mean, uh, makes sense. Uh, you have a lot of. Again, I'm assuming if you can get like food from different vendors, so you have again ten people ordering, a couple of people can get burgers, a couple of people get po boys, and yeah, yeah <laughs> it's um. Uh, when you think about how many people are working downtown now, yeah, like, like, these office buildings, they're not empty anymore. Yeah. They're all full. Yeah. Man, yeah. No, this is a, this is a great concept. I like the whole food hall concept. Yeah. Servitory, great spot just down the street here on on, on, on Main. Uh, good restaurants, great beer selection, bar, whiskeys, all the good stuff over there. The first other, only other place that... Well, the first time I saw something like this was Denver. Okay. You know, Denver, they have, uh, well, they have the source over there with the Crooked Stave in the back of it uh, with different little concepts and yeah. stuff. But it was a restaurant in the front. Then they, there's a place called the Stanley. You seen that one no. over there? Oh, man. This place is, it's, it's very, very warehousey, but... It's like two levels, but you can see upstairs. It's like the stairs, uh, the walkways are all just metal walkways, and then there's just stores. But it's not just restaurants. There's a brewery in there. There's okay. a Denver Biscuit Company, which if you've never been to Denver Biscuit Company, you're absolutely missing out. Okay. Just fly to Denver and just go there for breakfast. Go next week. That's yeah, yeah, place is great. But yeah, but they have these big food halls, you know now and. So I think it was U.S. Weekly. One of the one of the the big nationwide was doing a thing for like the best food hall, and they had a list of them. And Finn Hall made the list, you know, as a, to huh. be voted on as one of the best food halls. But when you look at some of these other concepts, what they're doing, it's just it's just a crazy idea that, yeah, you know, like oh, we're gonna do this little uh, food court and a really nice like this this building's. What, like 100 years old yeah. or something like that old bank building and they're doing they're building these things all over the all over the country now yeah and you see people that established restaurants opening a booth you see guys branching out on their own it's their first concept and i know i think conservatories had like melange crepery and now they've got their own store over in the heights and people can maybe i don't know how it works i've never run a restaurant and don't ever want to uh but it's neat people can try it out and kind of see maybe if their concept works in a different environment when you know there's traffic and as long as it makes sense and you have a good variety and yeah it's really cool to see that there was a remember the brewery incubator yeah, I do. Yeah, that was like just such a great concept yeah. to, to launch breweries, you know, to, to test your recipes out. Mm-hmm. And that's where Craft Beer Cellar is. Yes, right? yeah, just on the north side of downtown. That was about, yeah, seven, eight years ago they opened yeah. up. And I know they had a kitchen incubator, same thing. It was mm-hmm. chefs either in between gigs or maybe on their side. They could go there and both test kitchen and, and try stuff out and they do these dinners. And the brewery incubator, I think they had a three-barrel system in there and you could, I don't know, I guess timeshare it, and you could try to brew the beer under one license. You could have different people, and I know there's a few guys had some pop-ups there, and it's one way to, I guess, to yeah, test out, see uh, if the things you want to make actually have an audience, and try to learn from that experience. Again, feedback when you're there with the bartenders hanging out, talking to people who are paying five bucks for a pint, then you're going to get honest feedback, and that can be really important and kind of 
building out a plan to grow or do something different. Yeah, that that when uh, they came and told me that the idea for this place, it's like man, that's actually it's a great idea. It's yeah, like, man, is it is it it was just ahead of its time. Like something like that now would be I think it would be a, a place that people would actually seek out to go uh, to. Yeah, I think so for sure. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, there was probably what three or four breweries in Houston at the time. So it was kind of a crazy concept. I don't know if people quite understood it back then, but I think now a hundred percent and you've seen like in San Diego, there are some business parks that will build out little seven barrel breweries. And there's one I went to was four breweries and each had a bay essentially. And so people would go in and you'd go to one, you'd have a beer or a flight. You'd literally walk right next door to a different bay and someone would have these and you could come in and do maybe a six month lease or year lease. or I'm not sure how the permitting worked, but you could go in and brew your beer for a while and see if it was a concept that you wanted to really kind of push out and pursue. And I thought that was such a crazy idea that I guess uh, some really ambitious guy had was just to see maybe he just wanted to have people show up at his place and brew a bunch of different beers for him or what but it was really really cool uh yeah that is a that's a really cool idea i know when we had the homebrew shop uh back in the day one of the ideas was to turn that into a homebrew like more of a school like the next location mm-hmm. bigger where you could come in brew your batch you know brew if you don't want to buy it just you come in there and We'll show you how. Yeah, you, know, you brew it all on site, and but we have like several stations yeah. and all that. So then your beer goes on tap, and then you get your feedback from everybody. Yeah, yeah, you know, sort of the same, same thing. Yeah, but sounds like the other one would probably be more successful. It depends. I know there still is a brew it yourself. Uh, my wife's family's from Minnesota, and her uncle's done that once or twice. I think it's in Minneapolis somewhere, but it was like a him and his buddies get together and do it. Once a year, they go there and brew a beer. I guess it ferments there. They come back and learn how to bottle it, and they sort of have guides along the way and all these little homebrew setups. It's really cool. I had never heard of it until like five or six years ago, my first time going up there to visit, and I'm surprised I haven't seen anything else like that. Um, but I thought it was kind of a cool concept. I think that would be uh, a fun thing for a brewery to do. Yeah, because everybody, a lot of breweries support the local homebrew scene, uh, very much so, because a lot of people that, that work at the breweries come from the homebrew yeah. side of things. And so it would be, actually it would be fun to do, like, a, you know, maybe get grain seller, DeFalco's or Farm Boy, you know, to all participate, you know, where we yeah. can get equipment and do, do like, a, a big class at the brewery where it's all done there, something yeah. like that, and then have an event once all the beer is ready. That's pretty fun. I know. I think Holler's done some stuff with the local home brewers, kind of, kind of working with them, and that's really cool to see those projects. I mean, yeah, most people working at brewery right came from at least some type of home brewer experience, and it gets you. Know. you. I mean, it, it's, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to brew some beer. You make a batch, you're like, I'm hooked. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Even if it's bad, it's like, oh man, I can do better. I can do or, better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if, if you like if you like making anything, then I mean, home brewing is still like the best hobby. Yeah, it's a hobby. You get to sit out on a porch, drink beer. You basically get to make this thing. But at the end of a hobby, you get alcohol. So even better, it's way better than building furniture. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to sit? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's overrated. Uh, now, nah, man, there's, there's there's a lot of like kick-ass ideas that's going on right now you know and everything's bigger yeah that's the other thing is everything's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and yeah it's a pendulum so 
you know, there was a time that malls were really important. <laughs> yeah. And not so much anymore, you know. So it's, it's, it's yeah, and Amazon's taking over the world. I mean, it's shutting down all the small stuff. So it, it's just an interesting time right now with breweries and how many are opening up uh, in the Houston area and the, the type that they're opening up because yeah. there's you have your small system. You have like Bayleson, this great yeah. little spot over there. Uh, cool place, only open up on the weekends. Yeah, Valenson, same way, mm-hmm. you know, down in Pearland, making good beers. And so the the bigger production size breweries uh, I think it might be a little bit before we see somebody pop up wanting to be a big production brewery like to the scale of yeah, like Eureka Heights, No Label, Spindle Tap and then there's you know the St. Arnold <laughs> yeah which is a whole different, different animal. animal but yeah. yeah we were talking about that the other day too it's interesting to kind of see and it's different models and people are I would say promiscuous but craft beer drinkers want to try a bunch of different stuff they want to see what else is out there that's been why craft beer has grown so much because of the variety and people want to see what's new and um there's a lot yeah i love those little places i mean uh belson's making great beer they're one of our favorite places to go sit on the patio and bring my dog and just kind of chill on a weekend and it's a neighborhood bar they just happen to make their own beer and make really good beer and you've seen that with some of the other guys uh kind of walking stick and great heights right next to each other and that's been a like symbiotic relationship. Yeah, that little area right there. I mean, you could stumble <coughs> four yeah. places. Yeah. Right there. So and play volleyball if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little more competitive <laughs> than what I want to, but. No, definitely you see those smaller focusing on, you say hyper local, but focusing on your neighborhood. And if trying to become a large regional brewery, I mean, those, those days are. Uh, slowly becoming much more of a challenge and there is there's only so much shelf space out there and as every city is growing and their craft beer scenes growing and trying to understand what that is and I mean that's definitely our focus we were maybe I think we were the seventh or eighth brewery in Houston and now there's been like we're kind of an old guy at two and a half years which is weird Uh, but our focus is still on Houston we're not really planning to ever leave I mean we want to really be a part of the Houston community as it's grown and Going to the grocery stores is kind of a completely different animal, but it's allowed us to expand a little farther outside the city than we were. Our focus for draft was really mostly kind of within a you know, 10, 15-mile radius. And, and then what cans and grocery stores have allowed us to get outside the city a lot more. And there's good beer-drinking crowds out there in Katy and Sugarland and the Woodlands, too. And it's been cool to see that. Yeah, we're learning a lot. And we've seen people now in the Woodlands I know it's one that we were looking at, like these bars that maybe didn't carry us before. Now, like they're at the grocery store, the beer buyer or whatever, like, oh man, like see Buckle Bunny and the guy at Whole Foods said it's moving. So we'll pick up a keg and how it kind of grows itself. Uh, it's been interesting to see that for sure. Uh, you guys have had uh, some really good success, uh, really good growth and, you know, success profits that's for you guys to figure out but you know as, as a consumer seeing seeing the way that, that you've grown over the last few years and especially you know going to grocery stores and seeing seeing your cans there and yeah. seeing not only that but seeing them in people's carts <laughs> yeah. yeah and seeing them in, in line you know that, that's that's where you go okay beer's moving it's doing yeah, well that still hasn't gotten old hopefully never will when you're just like if i'm just going to the grocery store let alone to go work an event, but I'm just there shopping and just see someone with a yeah, mini boss six pack, like, 
kind of give them a look and they look at me weird like why is this random why dude why was he cart? smiling so yeah. big <laughs> but same thing i think i remember the first time i saw someone i didn't know wearing a eureka heights t-shirt it was about a month after we opened and it's like i don't recognize him at all and i think it's only been my friends and my mom and all these people coming by the brewery like that was a really cool moment i still kind of have that with six packs and other people's grocery carts yeah it's pretty awesome that's pretty good well congratulations again what, what's what's the next re- seasonal release coming up uh yeah so seasonal can will be five beers uh throughout the year the current one is mostly harmless our citra pell we have wow factor which is a german pilsner with mandarina bavaria hops so real citrusy real dry kind of a nice hoppy pilsner because that'll eventually, be out early june i think it's, yeah yeah somewhere and, around then and by then uh maybe it won't be so overcasty and and it'll actually be warmer temperatures yeah it's by our june. third winter today i think, yeah, or I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's nutty <laughs> all right well in case i appreciate yeah. you hanging out no, john thank you guys so much for having me definitely let's uh drink some beers and eat some food here at finn hall and we'll thank everybody for tuning in you can listen to any of the old shows sponsored by no label brewing company Go to drinkofages.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, and, man, hope everybody has a great weekend. Be safe. Go Astros. Go Rockets. Talk to everybody next week.